Because today we're talking about the tongue. There's a good chance you might have said even worse this week, even this morning as you're trying to get the kids ready to come to church. And that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm excited. Today we're in James chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and bring them out. Your smartphone, Kindle, whatever you got. Open it up to James chapter 3. Today we are going crazy. Uh, Dan Bursch, Pace usually is like one word at a time. Today we're doing the entire chapter of James in one Sunday morning. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. But before we read, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. God, thank you. I just thank you so much for who you are. That song about our God is greater and our God is stronger, it's just a reminder to all of us of who you are in our lives. And, and it's, it's so refreshing to remind ourselves that we are not God. We are not in control. But God, you are. And you are a mighty God. And you're a God who loves us this morning. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Let faith arise in this place. Thank you for those that are here, that are here this morning. And I just pray that you'd encourage them. Encourage them by your word. You'd challenge us, transform us, that we'd leave here different than we came in this morning. By your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. With this passage fresh in our minds this morning, I just want us to begin to think of some of the things, some of the words that have been said to us, the things that have been said to us, painful, vicious, evil things, words that no one should ever have to hear. Some of us, it came from our parents or our grandparents. Maybe if we had siblings, it came from our brother or our sister we have children, maybe it came from our kids. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe a best friend at school. Maybe it's your worst enemy or your closest ally. Hurtful words. They can come from anywhere. Why? Because the tongue, it is a restless evil. Full of deadly poison. It's destructive in its power and its venom. It's lasting in its effect. And with all the evil that's been done to us by the things that people have said to us, I, you know, it's kind of hard to move on without thinking about all the things that I've said, right? Just take a moment. Think about all the words that you've said. <laughs> the devastation caused by your own tongue. The damage that has been caused by the words that you've spoken. Myself, I've said hurtful things, destructive things, things most definitely not of God. Just take a moment with yourself. Consider some of the words that you've spoken. You told your child that he was an idiot. You told your spouse that you've never loved them. You yelled at the grocery clerk. You swore at the driver. You gossiped about your friends. You told lies about your enemy. On and on and on. It is all so very painful. And I want us to feel the heaviness of that this morning. Because some of us were just so flippant with the words that we speak. We throw out the most vile and inappropriate words. We speak with a biting sarcasm, right? I was just joking. Can't you take a joke? 
We throw out backhanded compliments. We're quick to judge others. But what we say is a serious matter. It's not a little issue. Your tongue and what comes out of your mouth is a big deal. Now we see James again. He's addressing something that he's seeing with his own eyes. But more importantly today, he's, he's hearing something that he hears with his own ears. He hears this praising and this cursing coming out of the same mouth. And he says, brothers and sisters, this should not be. It's not right. It's not of God. It's contrary to the life that God has called you and called me to live. And so James, he has this task of communicating to Christians, communicating to us the importance of the tongue. Verse 2, he, he lets us know that compared to the other parts of the body, its importance, the tongue's importance is at the top of the list. It is the most influential part of the body. Everything else follows the way of the tongue. Listen carefully. I want you to understand this this morning. I want you to understand and, and truly realize the power that you have within you with this tongue. And this is what he writes. He writes, we all stumble in many ways. And that's good. I hope you notice. He said, we all. That includes James. James is not perfect in this. We all stumble. But, but hear this. He says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is what? It's perfect. And listen, he, he goes, able to keep the whole body in check. Now, this is bold. He says that whoever is never at fault with what they say, never, just perfect. So there's no deceit, no lies, no wickedness, no crass or inappropriate talk. There's no backbiting, no destructive, divisive words, no malice, no evil whatsoever. There's nothing. And if they're never at fault with what they say, they are what? They are perfect. And then it goes on to say, the man who is never at fault with their mouth is able to keep the whole body, say whole body, the whole body in check. This is a powerful statement. You reign in the tongue, you can control your body. You reign in the tongue, you can control your body. It's hard for me to even comprehend, truly. But that's what James wants us to hear this morning. The tongue affects everything. By the way, I kind of wish this wasn't true, right? I kind of wish it wasn't the case because I kind of want to be able to say anything to anybody without there being consequences. But James says there's huge consequences. Where the tongue goes, so goes your body. To make this point, James gives us not one, not two, but three examples to explain how this relatively small part of the body... This tongue has the power to influence every other part of the body. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to do so. Number one is this. The tongue is like a bit that you put in the mouth of a horse. The tongue is like a bit that you put in the mouth of a horse. I haven't spent too much time on a horse, uh, so I had to go to YouTube for this one. Praise the Lord for YouTube. Uh, lots of videos on horses and bits and bridles. In fact, I now know more about bits than I would ever want to know. Um, I, I got to be honest, just a side note, I'm kind of a softy, and after reading about really what a bit does, I don't think I would appreciate a bit in my mouth, and I, I don't think the horses appreciate it in their mouths either. It's just like, ah, really? But they're very effective. This small little bit can control this massive animal. You can turn a 1,500-pound animal with just a small bit. I mean, think about how massive, how powerful a horse is. But with a bridle and a bit, you can direct this animal. James tells us the tongue. The tongue has the same power. The tongue has the same kind of power. <clears throat> now, this can be good news, right? If you're using the tongue for good reasons, this is great, right? Hallelujah. Or it can be used, it can be extremely bad news, right? Bad news, if you're living for the things of this world, if you're living in disobedience outside of the will of God and outside of the will of the Father, guess what? Sin has control of your tongue. And this is bad news. Because if sin is having its way in the things you say, it's also going to have its way in the things that you do. Your words and your actions will cause destruction and death wherever you go. It's bad news. Some of you don't like it, it's just the way it is. But the good news... Praise the Lord for the good news that if you're a Christian and you allow God to control your tongue, this verse tells you that God can set your life in the right direction. He can lead you. He can guide you on his path. And this is good news. But I want you to know that your words matter. What you say matters. I've noticed that the smallest words, the shortest of sentences can do great damage to others. 
But also it can do damage to ourselves and to our reputation and how others think about us. Right? It can take years to undo what we have said. Anyone ever walk through that in their own life? I know I have. Years. Think about the various comments that have been made throughout the years by presidents or, or by celebrities. I, I found a website. It's ridiculous, but I did. It had quote after quote after quote of all of the objectionable things that Mel Gibson has said over the years. Um, wow. My, my wife was leaning on my shoulder and she goes, are you going to say those on Sunday morning? Like, I was like, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. But it's just, wow. Or think about Richard Nixon and, and what happened to him with Watergate. And he had to end up resigning over it. It was incredible. Or just recently, anyone familiar with the name Richie Incognito? Anyone, if you're in the sports world, this guy, he just, wow, accused of bullying a teammate. His words, a very negative effect, not just on his teammate, but now uh, really in the entire sports world. Again, some of the things that were said just cannot be repeated. Uh, Many of us, just one word for you, Twitter, right? I mean, think of some of the foolish things that have been said on Twitter that have truly hurt the reputation of people. And maybe you're someone like that. You tweeted something and you're like, man, I should have not tweeted that. What was I thinking? But as one bridles a horse, so we must also bridle the tongue. And for Christians, this is important. For Christians, this means submission of our tongue to God. You don't just blurt out what you're thinking. You submit your thoughts, you submit your words to God. And for some of you, it sounds impossible, right? You weren't raised that way. You were surrounded by people who just kind of let it fly. Many of you were raised uh, in a situation of verbal abuse by your parents. Even now, you, you remember what your parents sounded like growing up. It wasn't pretty. You know what your friends sound like. You know what the TV and the movies and the YouTube and the Twitter and the Facebook sound like. And so you're choosing another path, right? You're going the way of the Lord. You're submitting your ways and your words to God. But it feels impossible. And I just want to say a couple of things about that because many of us have that feeling this morning. Like, come on, what are you talking about, Pastor Dan? Well, number one, it is impossible. Outside of Christ, it is impossible. But number two, in this world, this is important. You're going to be bridled by something. As Bob Dylan said, you've got to serve somebody. In our flesh, see, outside of Christ, you think you're free as a wild horse, right? You're not bridled by anything. You can run wherever you want to go, say whatever you want to say. But you are not free. This is going to sound harsh, but you are being controlled by the enemy. You are his workhorse. He has you right within his grip, within his grip, and you are one of his most effective weapons when you don't control your mouth. Pastor, you are just being kind of harsh right now. Well, I don't know what to tell you. But as Christians, praise the Lord, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, this is what I believe. I believe that God puts the perfectly fitted bit of the Holy Spirit into our mouths. Where we were headed for destruction, He turns us 180 degrees, and He instead sends us in the way that we should go, right? In the right direction of abundant life. He leads us, He teaches us, He counsels us. In the way we should go. So this is the this is the command this morning. Let Jesus take the reins of your life. Transform your words, and by transforming your words and doing so, it will transform your life. Number two, the tongue is like a small rudder which steers a large ship. He says, Take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. If you've ever been in a canoe, you know the effects of a rudder, right? Anyone ever have that position in the canoe? It's the back position, right? You, got, you stick it in there and it turns left and right. Um, it reminds me of a story once where Colby and I were canoeing. and um, Well, actually, I was in one canoe. He was in the other. And I was trying to turn really fast so I could you know, do something cool to him. And I was going to splash him. And when I tried to splash him, my canoe flipped over. I couldn't get back in the canoe. In fact, it got so weird and awkward. And I was so tired and stressed out and wet that I had to go to a stranger's dock. We didn't even know the people. And I had to flop onto their deck and you know, turn the canoe backwards and he's laughing oh it's so funny and i'm like youth ministry (laughs) but it's very effective or if you ever anyone ever been whitewater rafting right sometimes not always but sometimes you have the guide right in the back and he's kind of doing his thing and he's making sure you don't hit any rocks it's an extremely effective tool to steer a vessel and for this analogy i want us to look inwardly for a moment you know as a believer um what you say and what you believe about yourself It matters. You know, not just what you say about others, 
But what you say about yourself, it truly matters. I know for some people, they, they talk so negatively about themselves. They put themselves down. They demean themselves. And, and to be honest, these people, they're just kind of depressing to be around. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, eh, it's hard to hang out with these people because they've allowed the awful words that they speak over themselves and about themselves to define them. Their words have begun to affect their actions. Just like a rudder will affect the direction of a ship, the words we speak about ourselves greatly affects the course of our life. And for some of you, I I just know, I know you struggle with negative self-talk. And and for you, I want to give you some homework. And this isn't just some kind of positive thinking activity or exercise. You need to start declaring the truth of God's word over yourself. What God thinks about you, who he thinks you are. And in fact, you need to, this is your homework, you just need to Google three words, identity in Christ. Identity in Christ. And just find a website, there's plenty of them out there, but that reminds you of who you are in Christ. And then you just need to speak these truths over your life. If you have a negative viewpoint of yourself, speak these truths over yourself. This is important. If you have a negative viewpoint about your spouse, your wife, your husband, speak these truths over your spouse. If you have a negative attitude or outlook or viewpoint of your kids, speak these truths of your kids. In fact, here's just a few of these truths of who you are in Christ. If you're a Christian this morning, these statements are true of you, period. It's just the way it is. In fact, if you see anything and go, that's a lie, I would just encourage you, you need to memorize that piece of scripture. And I want us to actually say it out loud together. Um, Put it on the screen and we'll go together. I am God's child. I have been justified. I have been bought with a price, and I belong to God. I have been and adopted as his child. Next slide. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. Next slide. I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. I am free from any condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I have not been given a spirit of fierce, shout this out, but of power, love, and of sound mind. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am God's temple. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You want to change the direction of your ship? You memorize that list and you speak them out loud. I am a child of God. I am a citizen of heaven. I am God's workmanship. I am confident of God and the work that he has started in me will be completed. I am a citizen. I do not have that spirit of fear, but what? I have a spirit of what? Of power and love and sound mind. And I can do all things. Say all things. All things through Christ who gives me strength. In fact, we have our own resource here at the church. You don't even have to go on the internet. Kathy Ford, our own very Kathy Ford, has made these books. There's five of them, and each one is on a different category. And you can take one of these books. They're $5 out there. And you can buy it, and you can just begin to go through here and read all these truths about who you are and what God has done for you. In fact, I'll just read a couple of here. 1 Corinthians 2.16. I have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Romans 12.2. Today I shall be transformed formed by the renewing of my mind, that I may prove what is your good and acceptable and perfect will for my life. First Peter 5, 7, I choose to cast all my cares, my anxieties, my concerns and worries on you, Lord, for you care for me. Our tongue, it can cause so much damage, making boasts in the flesh that cause distraction, cause disorder, leading us just down a terrible, unfruitful, unfruitful path. But here's the truth. Our tongue can also be used to boast in the Lord. Right? There's some good news in this. Our tongue, it can be used to remind us of who we are in Christ. And our tongue can be used to declare, to tell the world that Jesus Christ is alive. And he loves them. All right. It's like a bit in a horse's mouth. It's like a rudder steering a ship. And number three, I like this one. The tongue is like a fire, like a spark. It can burn down an entire forest. Mm. That's what he says in verses 5 and 6. He says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
Say small spark. Just get that visual in, in. The tongue is also a fire, a small spark. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts, though, the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. You cannot escape the imagery that James uses. Think about a fire. Again, it starts with a spark and then it spreads. And then it spreads. In the same way, what you say can cause a spreading destruction that will corrupt your whole body. Be hateful with your tongue and it will spread and you will be hateful in your actions and your behavior. If you lack discipline or purity in your speech, it will spread and you will lack discipline and purity in the rest of your life. Think about this with the music that you listen to. Young people, they never want anyone to tell them what kind of music to listen to. I was the same way. I was an expression of who I am and what I like. And I'm not going to let anyone else tell me what to listen to. I get it. I've been there. But here's the question for you. Young or old, especially if you're a Christian this morning. What kind of music do you listen to when you're having a bad day? What, what kind of music do you listen to when you're down and out? And just think about that question. Because if you're struggling and you're having a bad day and you start singing depressing songs about how she left him or he left her, right? Drink this, drink that. I want you to know you're setting a fire. That will consume the entire body. I mean this. I, if you only sing songs, you, you can only sing so many songs about getting drunk before you start drinking. You can only sing so many songs about having sex before you end up in the bedroom. The tongue is a fire. And some of you are playing with fire and you're going to get burned. Notice it says that the tongue, it corrupts the whole body. But it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. This is, this is intense. I want you to see this. So the ungodliness that comes out of your mouth, it affects not just your life now, but it actually affects the course of your life. It sets the whole course of your life on fire. There are lasting consequences. Again, think of a fire. Have you ever driven through a forest that's been hit by a fire? Anyone, right? If you've driven through Yellowstone or anywhere like that, whatever the forest was going to be, it is now going to be something completely different because of that fire. The course of its life has been changed, and the course of our life will be changed by the fire of the tongue if we don't submit our words to Christ. Then he finishes, he says, the tongue is set on fire by hell itself. And I'm so glad he added that. It reminds us the source of the tongue's evil. Hell itself. I pray that we don't take that lightly this morning. This is intense. Do you feel it? Oh. It's intense. It's a part of me that would say, you know what, let's just cut out the darn thing. <laughs> right? I mean... Who really needs a tongue? I don't want that kind of instrument with that kind of potential for evil hanging out inside of me. But that's not the solution. In fact, let's keep on going, keep on reading. As discouraged as you might be, I want you to listen to these passages. I want you to listen for hope. James lets us know we're not doomed to be used for evil purposes. Verses 13 through 16. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny its truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So instead of being driven by the evil of the tongue, we, you and I, we should be marked, as verse 13 says, by the humility of wisdom. The humility of wisdom. Say that with me. The humility of wisdom. Say it again. The humility of wisdom. There's a humility that comes from wisdom. The unwise man, he makes prideful boasts. But the wise man, he walks and he talks in humility. Verse 14 says that the man without heavenly wisdom, he boasts in his bitter envy and selfish ambition. James says this man is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic in his wisdom. Earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom. You know what I call that man? I call that man a fool. A fool. The fool boasts in his envy. A fool boasts 
in his selfish ambition. But have you seen this person before? I know I have. Man, right? This person, they are running their mouth, talking bad about other people. They laugh it up as they destroy another man's reputation, all out of envy, right? All out of jealousy and selfish ambition. In the sports world, if you ever played sports, it is commonplace in the sports world. One athlete badmouths another athlete out of jealousy or all in the name of competition. You're going to find this in the workplace, right? You and your coworker. You start badmouthing your coworker in order to butter up to the boss and get that promotion. You know what I'm talking about? To get that raise. And it's a foolish wisdom. It's an immaturity, an immaturity where you sound like the little kid on the playground tattling on your friend because you're envious or you're jealous. And Christians, we are surrounded by fools in this world who operate in foolish ways, earthly, unspiritual and demonic wisdom. Their tongues cause widespread destruction. But here's the encouragement. We go another way. We follow Christ. We submit our tongues to his will. We walk in the wisdom from above. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard. And boy, do we make mistakes. But it's why being baptized by the Holy Spirit and living a spirit-filled life is absolutely necessary. We need him. Desperately need him to help us. Because on our own, our tongue, like the Bible says, it cannot be tamed. It is a restless evil, to be sure. But by the power of God, hallelujah, your tongue can be controlled. By God. Remember James 1.26. This is good. This verse, this is for every one of us in this room who consider ourselves followers of Christ. Listen. It says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is what? <sighs> That's intense. Come on. Worthless. That's not like kind of valuable or a little value. Worthless means worthless, like they're not even selling it at the rummage sale. It is worthless. So if you're a Christian, there's no other option. You just rein in your tongue. Do you get that? There is no other. That's just what you do, period. Otherwise, you're in a world of hurt. Your religion is worthless. It's very serious. Some of you, you, you say, Dan, I get what you're saying, Pastor Dan, but you don't know what you're asking me to do. You don't understand how vulgar my workplace is or how nasty the high school can get or how inappropriate everyone is in my family. But I say it again. If you are a Christian, I don't care. You reign in your tongue. It's just the way it is. And it's only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the only possible way to live this life that God has called us to live. Listen to these verses. They should encourage you this morning. In John 14, Jesus, he's talking to his disciples and he says, If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Who is it? It's the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1, 3, it tells us that by his divine power, we have everything, say everything, say everything. We have everything we need for a godly life. Don't you love that? I love that. We have everything we need. Christian, you are not lacking. You have everything that you need. That We have a helper, one in whom we have everything we need. And we are his son. We are his daughter of the Most High. And as a child of God, we are the ones who walk according to his ways. We are the ones who live according to his heavenly wisdom. You are not a fool. You are wise. You're not a fool. You are wise. You don't go around boasting in your envy and your selfish ambition. No, you boast in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So this morning, remember who you are in Christ, Christian brother and sister. Remember what you have in the Holy Spirit. And then verses 16, 17, 18. Look how James describes the Christian in these verses. He's describing the person who submits their tongue to the wisdom of God compared to the person who lives by the wisdom of this world. I'm going to read these verses and and truly pay attention. You're going to hear two types of wisdom that are diametrically opposed to each other. Listen up. It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition. Again, this is what James calls earthly wisdom. This is the backbiting, gossip, uh, boasting, jealousy, all those kind of things. There you're going to find disorder and every evil practice. So that's the world's wisdom. That's demonic wisdom. Yeah, I said that. Demonic wisdom. 
But, verse 17, the wisdom that comes from heaven. And again, this is available to all of us. Hallelujah. In fact, God wants you to have it. He has made it readily available for you. Remember James 1.5. We just talked about this like three weeks ago. In fact, if we could put it up on the screen, James 1.5, I want us to read it together. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. This is the wisdom that he wants us to ask for, that he will give generously to all without finding fault. So the wisdom that comes from heaven that he wants to give to us generously is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Again, this is the wisdom that comes from heaven that is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the wisdom that we as Christians have the right to possess. It's been freely made available for us and given generously to us. We just need to ask God for it. So important because even now in this room, so many of us, we just feel powerless against our tongue. We have all these excuses. So many excuses. I yell because my dad yelled or nobody ever encouraged me. Why should I encourage anybody else? All my friends swear. It's just the way my family talks. Or I'm Irish. Or whatever your excuse is, right? It's a, it's a cultural thing. Or a teenager thing. It's a college thing. Or it's a grumpy old man thing. Right? We just have all these excuses. You say, Pastor Dan, there, there's no human being in this world that can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I would say, yeah, you're right. You can't tame the tongue. But God can You can't, but God can. God wants you to know this morning that he is here to help you. He wants to lead you. He is here available for you. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to generously give you the wisdom from above. That's his word for you this morning. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Holy Spirit. Depend upon the Holy Spirit. And as you do, your tongue, as you are filled and walk and led by the Holy Spirit, your tongue will speak Galatians 5.22. You will speak love. You will speak joy. You will speak peace and forbearance. You will proclaim kindness. You will declare goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will speak James 3.17. Your speech will be pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive. The way you talk, it will be full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. I hope you're getting it. I hope you're getting it. I hope it's, it's sinking in. What comes out of your mouth, it matters. Pick any analogy you want, whether, whether it's that bit in the horse's mouth, a rudder steering a ship, the spark destroying a fire or destroying a forest. What you say, it affects what you do. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when what comes out of your mouth is from the Lord, you're going to be used in powerful ways by the Lord. Amen. Amen. But a word of caution. Remember this. As a true Christian, a follower of Jesus, one filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot, this is important, you cannot have praise and cursing coming out of the same mouth. That's what James tells us. He says, brothers and sisters, this should not be. He says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You cannot have praise and cursing coming out of the same mouth. It cannot be. Well, that just makes me think about all of the unintelligent things that I've said, all of the cursing that I've done. And I'm not talking about years ago. I'm talking about yesterday, right? Things not of God, things I am embarrassed about, things I am ashamed of. But James, James already told us he had those moments as well, right? He said, we all stumble in many ways. But James would say this to us. He'd say this to himself. This is important. The simple words that we speak at times, and sometimes we just blow it, right? This is, the, this is the truth of it. The simple words we speak sometimes. Do not accept them. Do not tolerate them. Instead, be horrified of them and repent of them. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. When you say something evil, you just need to say this out loud. This cannot be. Praise and cursing will not come out of my mouth. 
I'm living according to my new nature in Christ. Like that fig tree or that grapevine or a spring, I will produce according to my true nature. And I am in Christ. And I will produce as one who is in Christ. Holy, blameless, forgiven and free. I'm going the way of the Lord. Some of you this morning, you just need to start declaring this over your life. You need to ask God for help. God, this cannot be. This cannot be. Praise and cursing cannot come out of my mouth. This cannot be. This cannot be. Ask God for help. Many of you in this room right now, you need to ask God's divine help in this area. With an uncontrolled fire within you, an undisciplined tongue, you are causing destruction, ultimately death wherever you go. And today I would just say, God, help me. Say, God, this cannot be. This cannot be. I am no longer satisfied with praising and cursing coming out of my mouth. And God, this is the good news about God. He will hear you and he will answer your prayer. In fact, he will send you his Holy Spirit and he will help you. God is so good and he loves you. He's for you. He's not trying to make it so you fail. He wants to empower you so that you can find victory in Christ Jesus, including in your words. God is so good. Listen to how good God is. James 1, 17. He tells us that every, say every, every good and perfect gift is from above. That means right now you can ask God, I need some of your good gifts. I need some of those good things from your God. And he actually wants to give them to you. James 1, 15. It said, this is so, he is so inviting. Listen to this. In fact, let's say it together. James 1, 5 together. We already said it. Let's say it again. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. Say generously again. Generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. You ask him and he gives generously to you to help you out. Isn't that good news? Not stubbornly, not rationingly or whatever. That's not even a word, but he gives generously, freely, generously to help you. There's no justification. There's no excuse for our inappropriate speech. Stop making excuses. Instead, repent. Repent and praise God for his grace, his amazing grace that is sufficient for us this morning. In fact, regardless of how you came in today, even if you were the most vile person with the most evil tongue, you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is good news. You can leave here this morning according to your new nature in Christ. You can walk according to the wisdom of God, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be a peacemaker who sows in peace and you can can this week, starting right now, this very moment, you can reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen? Amen. It's a hard teaching to be sure, but God's grace is so big for you this morning. And he wants to change the direction of your life. Change your words, change your body into that abundant life that he has created for you. Some of you are going to need prayer in this area, right? This, this, is, a, this is tough. You know, it's ingrained in who you are. You, you have those excuses like I talked about. And I want to pray for you this morning. And in fact, some of you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. You just need to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Just radically changed forever and ever by the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to lead you, to guide you, to give you the power that you need to speak life instead of speaking death. Aren't you tired of speaking death wherever you go? Don't you want to speak life? And before we head into that prayer time, though, I, I wanted to invite my good friend Colby Ferris up. And Colby's just going to share a little bit. Would you welcome Colby up? Thank you, Dan. So, most of us are friends with Dan. And, uh... If you're friends with Dan, then you know that Dan is good at a lot of things. Um, he's good at basketball and ping pong and disc golf. Um, but most of all, I think Dan is really good at his job. And uh, part of his job that I think he particularly loves is finding our weaknesses and pinpointing them and then exploiting them and uh, <laughs> testing them and molding them into to really become one of our strengths. And so... Uh, when Dan asked me to speak on Taming the Tongue, I knew this was going to be one of those times. Um, I've struggled in this area my whole life. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I would speak out to my parents or my brother or my sisters. And uh, even today, when I hang out with my friends outside of church and my coworkers, um, 
but I'm going to share a testimony about how the tongue has had an impact on me in my life, and then how my tongue has had an impact on someone else's life. And the uh, first thing that came to mind when thinking of how the tongue has had an impact on me was my first couple months of working construction. Um, I don't know if any of you have worked on a job site before, but it's pretty rough. <laughs> but seriously, some of the just gross and vulgar things that I hear are really enough to make someone sw- sick, you know. It's uh, it's really rough. But, um, you know, when I first started, the guys would just treat me, you know, pretty pretty bad. I was a new guy, so they'd push me around and throw tools at me and whatever. But um, the worst was uh, the name-calling. Um, you know, I didn't actually hear someone call me by my real name for months. And uh, some of the nasty nicknames they had for me were pretty bad. Um, and it really got to me, you know, it really hurt me um, just being treated like that. And I remember working uh, 14, 15-hour shifts and I just being bullied the whole time, you know, just day in and day out. And um, I'd come home feeling really broken and just beaten down. And I remember multiple times where I'd just uh, literally lay on my couch and weep because of um, the horrible things they said to me. And... Um, some of the part that makes it so bad is they didn't realize it, you know. It was just them playing around at work, you know, just joking around. But, um, you know, no big deal to them. But to me, it was huge. Their little jokes that left me weeping on my couch. Something so small could lead to so much pain and hurt. Um, so that was, how, that was how I realized that the tongue had such an impact on me. And... Um, Again, when thinking of a time where my tongue has affected someone else, it wasn't hard. It came to mind pretty quickly. Um, a couple years ago, I think I was about 16, and uh, I was making some pretty bad decisions, if you can believe that, 16-year-old. But uh, I was caught up hanging with the wrong people and doing pretty much all the stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and at the time, I was dating this girl, a uh, really sweet Christian girl. We actually grew up in the church together. I remember Steve teaching us in Club 56 and everything, but um, as uh, as my relationship with the Lord began to fall farther and farther apart, so did my relationship with her, and uh, ended up meeting another girl and breaking up with the girlfriend and um, moving on with my sinful, purposeless, earthly existence. But what I didn't realize at the time was how hurtful I really was to her. And, um, you know, it wasn't one of those good breakups, if you will. Like, it was, it was rough, and it was, it got really hard. Um, and I said some really hurtful things to her. I said uh, just mean, awful things, you know. When I think about it, 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 it pains me just to think of, you know, some of the things I said. I think to myself, you know, what was I thinking during that time? It was uh, awful. I said things to make her feel completely worthless. Um, I didn't know at the time, but after that, she went into a a time of depression for a while. And that led to other things and caused sort of a ripple effect that led to a long road of hurt in her life. And uh, it was all because of me. You know, I I didn't, like, who knew something I could say could hurt someone so much, but it did. Um, But it's by God's grace that today we're both headed down the right path for him. So reading this passage this week has really been a wake-up call for me. Uh, it makes me think of how much am I really being uh, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and, and sincere. Am I speaking life into my community or demonic nature? You know? I'll be the first to tell you that I'm a work in progress, but as a Christian, I'll say that I can't stand for this in my life anymore. Uh, fresh water cannot flow from a salt spring, nor can I... Praise the Lord on Sunday and, you know, speak curses throughout my work week. So for me, it ends today. In uh, 3.13, it says, But who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by the good deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. And that's the man I want to be. So from now on, I'm going to be the pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. And that's a choice that is given to us by God. Like he was saying, I want to choose the wisdom that God is offering for me. And so that's what I'm going to do right now. Amen.
Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we're so desperate for your Holy Spirit today. We need you to be with us and to lead us and to help us. As Colby said so beautifully, Lord, that today we're, we're standing up for the things of God. Today, we're not going to tolerate the things that are coming out of our mouths any longer. We're going to choose wisdom from above instead of the earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom. We're going to choose to be wise in you, Christ, and boast in you instead of be a fool in this world. I pray that there be humility in our ways, Lord, that we would stop putting others down, stop speaking out of envy or jealousy or selfish ambition or self-righteousness or a judgmental spirit, that we would instead humble ourselves, Lord, in our humility, that our wisdom would come from you, God. Speak right now. Just speak to us, Lord. Have your way. We're asking you for your wisdom right now. Just, and, and some of us need to do that. And if you don't want to speak it out loud, quietly, within your heart, just begin to ask the Lord for wisdom. Say, I need you, God. I need your wisdom. I'm desperate for your word, Lord. I'm desperate for the truth of your word, Lord. I need, I need you. I, I, I feel trapped. I feel stuck. I feel like there's no way out. I feel like the, the, the ties of my family and the ties from my parents or the ties from my workplace, that there's just too much that, that I cannot be free from it. I am trapped. I cannot be free. I've tried and tried again, but I cannot be free from this evil of my tongue. But right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that those ties would be broken and that there would be freedom in this place. No more excuses, Lord. That there would be a power in this room right now to set the captives free. That you would just truly, God, put something else in our mouth. That there would be a fire within our mouth that wouldn't destroy the forest, but it would be the fire of the Holy Spirit. And that when we speak, we speak life. Instead of death, we would speak life. I pray that over this room, every one of us, God, this week is, a, is, is an intense week. We have a battlefield before us. And we can either speak death or we can speak life. What a difference we could make for you, Jesus, if there was even ten of us in this room who spoke life throughout the week. To our coworker, to our family, to our classmate, how we spoke on Twitter or on Facebook. The life that we could bring filled with your Holy Spirit. The wisdom that comes from above. Lord, work on us. We receive your discipline because you are a good God who loves his kids and wants to give your kids good things. So we say, have your way in our lives, God. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to remove, whatever you need to chisel on, whatever you need to mold, whatever you need to make, because I know that you make good things, God. You don't make junk. And when you make us, God, you make us new, that you make beautiful things. And right now, Lord, you are continuing to make all things new. And I pray that over each one of us, God, regardless of how we came in this morning, that we would walk out of here new, Lord, according to our new nature in Christ, according to the new covenant by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that this would be a new thing. Some of you go, but Dan, you don't know what I said. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the damage I've caused. Yeah, I don't, but God does. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's what he declares over you right now. But you don't know the sin, the evilness that has come out of my mouth. And God says, yeah, I know that while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. That there is grace in this room right now for every mistake, every flaw, every bonehead decision, every awful word you've ever spoken. There is grace for you right now. And where the enemy said, yeah, you've said those things and now I got you. I got you within my grips. And now I'm taking you down my road and down my plans. And God says, no, that is my child, that is my son, and that is my daughter. 
Father, and I will take you, and I will take whatever you thought, enemy, whatever road you thought you had created for my brothers and sisters in Christ, that road is gone. There is a new road by Christ Jesus, by the cross, by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, a new path, a new road, and we can walk on that today. I don't care what you did yesterday. Today, by the Spirit, you have a new bit in your mouth, and you are controlled by God and God alone, and you will be used for His plans, used for His purposes, and you will live this abundant life that Jesus Christ died on the cross that you could have. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. For those that aren't Christians in this room, I don't know what to tell you other than that you need Jesus. You need Him so desperately. There is no forgiveness for your sins outside of Jesus Christ. And so everything that you've said, every evil thing you've said is being written against you. And there will be a price to be paid for your sins. If you do not know Christ and you want to be free and you want to be set in the right direction where you don't want to have the lasting consequences of your words to define the rest of your life. If you instead want a new life, a new direction, a new purpose, if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand so that I can see you and I can pray with you? Amen. 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 Well, I just want to declare this. Oh, the two people that raised their hands, you are my brother and you are my sister. And, and I get the guilt and the condemnation that you feel. But it says in Romans that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I do not condemn you, neither does Christ. I want to say that again. I do not condemn you, neither does Christ. But here it is. We got a lot of days ahead of us <laughs> to either bring life or bring death. And Jesus Christ, on my knees, I am desperate for you, Jesus, that there would be life that would come out of my life, Lord. There would be life, 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 eternal life that would come out of my words, Lord. That the things I speak would build people up instead of tear them down. That there would be life that would come out of life spring. That when we go into this world, Monday through Saturday, that life would be spreading through this place. I just heard a testimony the other day. I met the owner of Java Junkie and I said, hi, my name's Dan. I'm a pastor down the road. He says, do you know the Howlers? I said, you bet I know the Howlers. They do our coffee ministry. And he said, the Howlers are one of my best friends. And I thought, look at the life that LifeSpring is bringing into this community. What if LifeSpring, vision with me, what if every business knew LifeSpring as a place where we speak life, where we speak Jesus, where every business would say, oh, I know LifeSpring. I know that place. I know that church. There is life in that place. There is joy in that place. There is peace in that place. There is grace and mercy and kindness and patience in that place. I pray that over us as a church, but we would go out of here speaking Jesus to our community. Forgive us where we've gone wrong. We repent of our ways, Lord. Turn us around and set us in the right direction. Thank you, God. Let your freedom reign in this place. Freedom reign, your grace reign in this place. Your mercy reign in this place. Let the blood of Jesus pour all over this place. And let your Holy Spirit fill this place. Baptize us again by your Spirit, Lord. Baptize us, Lord. Give us gifts. Give us abilities. Give us things we never thought we would have, Lord. But by your goodness and by how much you love us, give us the good things of your Spirit this morning. Give us what we need to truly, Lord, tame the tongue and control our bodies. All in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. Amen.